0: my space and AOL growing up more than I do Instagram and Facebook. So I started this because I loved to write and was always really doing poorly in school and just never fit in. And so for me, the blog was an outlet. And initially when I started it, fashion was just also an outlet for me. Like my only love and passion at that point was fashion and writing. And so I had no intentions of it becoming anything because the way that entrepreneurship is glamorized now, like there was no You would want to model your life off of an Ellen or an Oprah, but it was still like, oh my gosh, she went to college and she, there was no, Ellen's an an influencer. Like it wasn't like that.
1: Hey, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. Today I'm here with Alexa Curtis, host of the weekly podcast, The New Unfiltered, founder of the Be Fearless Summit and host of Fearless on Localish. Alexa, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you really? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I am so excited. So I listen to your podcast, and the first time I listened, I just felt so connected. For the first time, someone else had been like, I started a blog when I was 12, and it was difficult, and I wanted to as you got through it, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And you talk about wanting like a talk show like Ellen, I always say Oprah. So for the first time, I just felt connected, like I wasn't the only one who started so young and started to find a journey. And it can be so isolating so young. So I would really love for you to talk about how you started, why you started and how you got from being doing this blog at 12 years old to where you are now. Yes.
0: Well, that is so cute because I always said that too. And I feel like over the years now, I've like kind of shifted, but I mean, obviously Ellen and Oprah are two of the coolest people out there. So I think anyone who models their career and life after them, it's incredible. So just bravo to you as well. But I did grow up in a super small town in Eastern Connecticut called Mansfield, never fit in. And when I was seven, my dad was wrongfully convicted and put in prison in Rhode Island So the year that he got out is the year that I started my blog. And over the past 10 years, just by being incredibly persistent and resilient and getting so used to rejection, I have built a full-time company out of constantly reaching out to people and getting out of my comfort zone. And so through that, I had a show on Radio Disney and now newly one on ABC and the podcast and uh, mentorship company for predominantly young women.
1: That is absolutely amazing. So when you started out at 12 years old, did you have the intent of doing all of this, the podcast, the show, being an entrepreneur? What was really your intent back then? That's so
0: funny because I get asked that all the time. And I always look at people like, why, how would I have even have known to think of this? Like, and I think to bring it back, Back when I started, it was 2011. So Instagram, I think it barely come out. Like Facebook had been out, but I really grew up more. I remember MySpace. I'm only 24 now, but I remember MySpace and AOL growing up more than I do Instagram and Facebook. So I started this because I loved to write and was always really doing poorly in school and just never fit in. And so for me, the blog was an outlet. And initially when I started it, fashion was just also an outlet for me. Like my only love and passion at that point was fashion and writing. And so I had no intentions of it becoming anything because the way that entrepreneurship is glamorized now, like there was no, you would want to model your life off of an Ellen or an Oprah, but it was still like, oh my gosh, she went to college and she, there was no, Ellen's an an influencer. Like it wasn't like that. So I really had the opportunity to, I think, build a brand really organically without having to rely so heavily on social media to do it.
1: That is so true. Social media really came around as we got older. I think it was more in high school that it became something that everyone was glued to and connected to and life started revolving around clicks and follows. But when you start before that, it's such a huge difference because you're not looking for your worth and what you want to do with it based on how many people are liking your blog post. You're doing it because you want to and it gives you a chance to get good at something I think we're so quick to give up in today's world because oh, yeah. if it didn't give us enough likes then that's it but during that journey did you ever feel like you know what I want to quit I'm not good at this I'm not good enough Of
0: course. I still feel like it now and I think that any entrepreneur I mean I think really until you've probably built an incredibly successful business to where we you're close to selling it I think things like imposter syndrome, self-doubt, not feeling good enough will always be a part of this journey. And I think the upside of those feelings, as like sometimes negative and frustrating they can be, that's what keeps you going. And that's why they say, I think it's like what 90% of small businesses or something closed in the first year or something like that. A lot of people can't deal with these feelings. You really have to be a certain type of person to persevere and constantly be pivoting and trying new things and be willing to fall down and get back up
1: exactly and you fall down a lot along the way and that's okay and that fear of failure and rejection can be so great so along your journey how did that impact your mental health
0: it's been highs and lows i would say honestly since I really started doing this full time, I mean, I always struggled with anxiety and depression. I would say that one of the reasons I even changed my blog to be off of fashion and to be more on social media and mental health is because when I was 16, I really started struggling really heavily with depression and a lot of eating issues as a young girl, or I guess a teenager at that time. Uh, And so the more that I have tried these new things, and I think reached out to more people and kind of enabled myself to have this kind of lifestyle, there is, I would say, a side of that that I think a lot of people don't see which is the frustration and the rejection and the self-doubt and like I mentioned I think until you really are at the top those feelings don't don't go away and so I do of course have moments and weeks even last week for example where it just hits me differently and sometimes I have to go back to therapy or I feel like I need some more help and more clarity and a lot of times that just comes down to taking a week off and I think The term burnout is so utilized now because so many more people probably experience burnout because of the fact that there's so many things you can do and so many resources and whatnot. Uh, And so, yeah, I I struggle with it every day. And some days are great and some days aren't so great. But that's
1: just part of the journey. That was such an authentic take. We tend to only see the success, the good parts. We don't see all the frustration, all the stress, all the highs and the lows. We only get to see the highs. And we look at someone who seemed like an overnight success, like Jeff Bezos, right? We look at him and we see Amazon. We don't see the guy who was sitting in the office by himself with a goal, or didn't even have a goal yet. was just working towards something. And just for you to talk about how, There is so much behind the scenes that you don't see, and it's okay to take a week off. People feel so guilty about that. How do you kind of manage? I think a lot of young people specifically feel that because we have to earn our way, we have, we're at 23, 24. We don't have the ability to take a week off. How do you give yourself that time and space to say, you know what, I deserve it? Well, I would also say too that I'm pretty
0: sure Amazon, it was 12 years that he took building that company to like where it is now. And I think that the more that people and especially young people get reminded of the fact that it wasn't an overnight success is the more that they can come down to earth. You know, one thing I would say, and maybe a lot of your listeners would resonate with this is I Throughout the course of my career, I've interviewed so many big entrepreneurs and just really successful founders who are much older than you and I are. And I would say most recently, I'm hearing that a lot of them are saying they're struggling to hire young people because of the hustle obsession. And they're, I think, because of social media, the expectation that at 23, 24, 25, you have the option at any moment to go viral and make a billion dollars. And like, you don't ever need a job. There is no sense of being traditional now, and I have to say that a lot of founders who I've spoken to are struggling hiring young people because everyone is just too self-absorbed, and I think that unless you're really willing to put in the work and go through the process, that you're really going to limit yourself regardless of what you want to do, but that being said, when it comes to things like burnout and taking time off, I've always really struggled with that, feeling really guilty about it, but I think now because I've been doing it for so long, and I know that- if I'm in that state, that's not a healthy state, I'm not bringing any value. And it's just, there is nothing that should be sacrificed in terms of your happiness. Like there is no point in me doing this if I'm unhappy, like I was last week. Uh, And that word happy is like kind of so fluid. It's like, it means something different for everyone. But a lot of times I think if you don't take a step back and like, remember why you started and why you're doing this, you just lose sight because it's just all over all the time, which is great. But that also enables you to get really burnt out and get really exhausted and therefore really frustrated.
1: Exactly. And I really want to go back to the point you brought up of people our age do expect to just go viral and that's their life. And they don't have to get a 9 to 5 or become an entrepreneur or just do anything traditional. And even being an entrepreneur is not that traditional. It takes a lot. It is so opposite from a 9 to 5 job, from a corporate job. It's something that you do 24/7. Your heart leads what you do and I think that there's a giant misconception it for people who are around our age our generation who think that like you said they're going to go viral overnight and that's it and then when they don't I think it is leading to more anxiety and depression or symptoms of anxiety and depression because they're seeing other people do it and why am I not that person so as someone who's been working hard toward what she wants her entire life seeing the people who are just experiencing to go viral how does that make you feel what advice do you have for people in that situation I guess
0: I'm like laughing because it's something I think about all the time and I think like my inner circle of friends knows how much I think it really frustrates me and I remember many times along the path of my career especially when things like TikTok came out and uh, I think, like, behind the scenes, I'm constantly getting told, like, oh, you don't have enough followers. Like, what have you been doing the past 10 years? Like, I don't want to swear, but for the most part, I'm on the other side of the phone being like, fuck you guys. And honestly, like, I have gone to a point where I'm so confident in what I have done and what I have built. I just don't care. Like, there are people who will post that video and it is useless to society. It is you dancing. It is you doing nothing valuable. I'm not talking about everyone, but I think we can all sit here and be like, yeah, it's great. It's like post yourself dancing, like get out of your comfort zone. And this person has done nothing and is making X amount of million dollars a year. Yet there are people who are spending hours a day, right, in a hospital being a nurse, getting paid a quarter of that. And I think that there's a sense of it that it's like, how did this happen in society? The other side of it is like, I wouldn't, be as functioning as a company without social media. But I think having the background of really having to have failed and gotten put down and back up time and time again, uh, I lack respect in people who model what they want for a future that. I get the money and I get the fame and I get the success, but there needs to be a reason behind it. Because otherwise, there are these one-off cases. There are the 1%. TikTok has enabled people to go viral and that's super dope but they're the 1%. Um, so if you're coming to me and you're like, I want all of this stuff. You know, people come to me all the time. Like, I want to start a blog and I want this amount of followers. And I'm always like, okay, like, what do you want to blog But well, I don't know. I just want money. Like wrong, <laughs> like not interested. Like I'm not interested and people seek authenticity and that right there is lack thereof. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just a weird world, but I think you just have to keep keep pushing and not compare yourself to anyone else.
1: I completely agree with your frustration on all of that. It is so frustrating when you try to get a meeting with someone and they look at your social media and they're like, well, you don't really have a big following. It's like, but what about the work that I'm doing? I've put in a decade of work and people put in 10 minutes of videos Mm -hmm. and you're comparing what we can bring to the table. And I think that's really frustrating. And it is also the aspect of you don't learn if you don't fail. Like that's the best part of the journey is how many times you're on the floor and you have to stand back up. And I think that is so underrated. So throughout your journey, how many times have you just felt like completely devastated and shattered and had to bring yourself back up?
0: So many times. And there is multiple times that I can remember that I think really looking back were monumental for me to grow. And I will say as a business owner and as someone who has not gone viral and really has built this over the course of, I guess, a decade, those moments for me are what I believe will make me ultimately worth way more money than someone who had like a one hit wonder video from TikTok. And the reason I say that is because I learned so much from those, like, When I I had pitched a show, I think in 2017, I was living in Boston, didn't go to college to a massive producer, had this meeting. It was terrible. He was like, I've never had someone. And I I remember every moment of it so visibly be like, you are such a failure and such a disaster. And unless you can get a celebrity behind any of your ideas, you will never succeed. And then I was like, okay, cool. Thanks for coming in. Like grab a coffee on the way out. Uh, And I remember I sat across the street and I was with a childhood friend of mine at the time. And he was like, I'm going to record this because you're going to remember this. And I was like, I'm done. I've never felt so done. And um, I I was done. I remember for like a month, I just didn't do anything. And I was just, I was like sick of it. There's no way I can deal with this for the rest of my career. And then three years later, where do you think I filmed the show I had on radio Disney at the building literally that I sat on and cried across the stairs from this production company. Uh, So that was a moment that I remember. I remember when I left Disney, I felt Um, I went into like a really deep depression. I remember that and it ended up happening for the best because Radio Disney ended up closing down. So there's just, there's so many moments and I learned something from all of them. So I don't regret or wish any of them turned out differently.
1: I love that. I really love that story of just three years before being just completely mentally destroyed by somebody. It's really just hitting at your self-worth. Yeah, And so many people would really 100% give up in that moment. And even when you felt like you wanted to give up, what made you decide to keep going to try again?
0: I don't know. I think I certainly would say that there is a common theme around entrepreneurs and, and true founders. And I think there is just this, I would say it's half obsession and it's half just lack of caring of what people think that keeps you going I would lean more towards the obsession with it and the possibility of what could happen. Like I remember in that moment, and for that next month, I was so frustrated. And then after that, once I got back to emailing people and reaching out to people, and I started to get those yeses again, that refuels you. But once you let them take the power away, whoever that might be, the person who fired you, or let you go, or told you you weren't good enough, or didn't want to go on a second date with you, once you settle on their no, you don't know where that next yes will come. So my mind, And maybe I've trained it to be this way has worked. And like, I will just keep running on this hamster wheel until I'm there. Because unless like the wheel breaks and I just stop, I'm going to get those yeses. uh, But it's only, they're not going to come if I stop running. So like, I either like stop running and just start eating all day or I just keep running.
1: I love that. I'm the same way. And I do a thing where I let myself cry for 10 minutes. I put on a timer and I'm like 10 minutes, when those 10 minutes stop that I'm going to do something that kind of cancels out what just happened. So if I got to no, know, I'm going to email someone else. I'm going to look at a different way. If this is going to be too expensive of a route, I'm going to go find a different one, but I'm going to cry it out those 10 minutes because otherwise I am going to break later on. So giving yourself, I think, space to feel is really important. Have you felt that you needed time to just, break down to be able to get back up yes Yes. and I love that you do it for 10 minutes I mean I have some days where I cry for an hour
0: like I just cry until I don't want to cry anymore and then I fall asleep uh and I don't think it's a bad thing to say that you're going to do that I mean I do know a lot of people who like time that time and I feel like I've gotten a little bit better at being like okay I'm going to be mad for like 10 minutes or 20 minutes but sometimes it's like 30 minutes or sometimes it's four days uh but I think as long as you don't feel paralyzed by that emotion like that's you want to be in that place like you can cry for as long as you want but like you still want to be working you still want to have that like fire inside of you I think it's the really big issue is like when it just gets to you so hard and sometimes that does happen where you feel like there's no next step just walk away from it all take a few days and then go back like I guarantee you will always feel better when you just step back and then go back in
1: Exactly. Stepping back is so underrated. I think people are afraid to step back because if they step back, then it's walking away, it's failing, it's letting something else win. But stepping back for a few days, for a week, for a few weeks, I know people have taken just three months off to completely rejuvenate and figure out what their purpose is again. Because sometimes we forget along the way. Sometimes life switches us around and we end up way far away from where we wanted to be and we didn't even realize it. Have you ever taken like an extended break to kind of reevaluate?
0: Yeah, I will say I took a week off last week because I was really not in a good headspace. And business-wise, just in a small amount of time, realized a lot of things that I felt very frustrated by. I also did get laryngitis. So I also like couldn't speak. And I think that was like response. My body was like, please just stop talking and like chill out. So it ended up happening for the best. Um, So I would certainly say last week, which just shows you like, in theory, people look at me as successful and I'm still taking a week off because I was like mentally going insane. Um, And yeah, I would say like when I did leave Disney, I felt really paralyzed and I like got so depressed and couldn't work. And so I took time off then. Uh, But now what I do do is I always take Sundays off of social media. I think I'm even gonna get a little bit more religious with like maybe now taking Saturdays and Sundays off because after taking all last week off, I oddly have this whole week felt very anxious when I go on it. Uh, and I, it just reminds me like, my God, this is such a distraction. Like this really is not a critical part of like, shouldn't be a critical part of anyone's like day-to-day life, but it is unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, I think quite often I do.
1: I love that. And I love the disconnection from social media because again, going back to what we said before, our lives tend to really be on social media today and it has been a great source of marketing. It is amazing to connect with people, helps expand your views and your reach and the opportunity. However, that is not the work. That's not where all the work happens. That's where all the kind of bragging happens, right? Where you're showing off what you're doing, but it's not the work. And if you can't make it through a day without half of your attention being on social media and who's following you, who's liking how your posts are doing, how do you get any work done?
0: Yeah. And I think that's the question that people have to ask is like, if you want to pursue Well, number one, I would say there's a big difference between being a business owner slash entrepreneur and an influencer. So if you want to pursue being an influencer, then you should spend hundred percent of your time. I don't know how you're making a living if you're just starting this out, but you should spend hundred percent of your time on social media, trying things and DMing people and whatnot. If you are looking to, for example, have a successful podcast or a successful website, or you want to start a cup company, I can tell you that the people who you want to look at you and invest in you and think about you are likely not on Instagram. So you really should spend 5% of your time creating content or posting whatever. And the other amount of your time emailing people and networking with people and creating a solid media kit, because that will get you way further than it will posting. And at the beginning, most companies do not have much of a following. Uh, And so you're relying on something that's going to give you way less back than it would to like get out of your comfort zone, write the email and introduce yourself to people.
1: Exactly. And you talk about this a lot on your podcast, about just kind of being fearless and going for it. So switching gears, what does it mean to you to be fearless? To me, being fearless means doing something small
0: every single day that gets you out of your comfort zone. And I think whether that is something like going to a new coffee shop, and I was on someone's podcast earlier, and he was like, I don't understand like how going to a new coffee shop is going to help you figure yourself out. And I was like, well, let me tell you, Number one, you don't know who you're going to meet at this coffee shop, right? So, like, bring your business cards because behind you in line might be the one person you've been wanting to work for. So you better be prepared for that. But number two, going to somewhere and realizing, like, I like this and I don't is helping you decide in life what you like. So it doesn't matter whether you're going into a coffee shop or a Walmart or you're picking out chairs for your apartment. All of those decisions are decisions that are leading to help you ultimately figure out your identity. And I think that whether you go skydiving or you try a new coffee shop, you are figuring something out about yourself. And so that is really, to me, what being fearless is, is doing something every day that does get me out of my comfort zone. And it can be big or it can be small, but I will always learn something about myself.
1: What inspired you to decide to start being fearless and taking that step out of your comfort zone every day?
0: Well, when I, so I was, I think I was living in Boston and I had started, before I got the Disney show, I was like doing so many different things to try and kind of like live. So I was doing TV segments to afford to like blog most of the time. And from doing all of that, um, which is because I didn't go to college, like really making a living was specifically from these TV segments. I had started this thing called Fearless Fridays. And I don't even know where it came from. I just one day was like, okay, this sounds like a Fearless Friday. And, And I was doing things every week. And then I pitched a show, the one that I sent to Disney, I sent an email to 466 producers and got one reply from someone at Disney. And simultaneously, there was a manager in LA who had seen me on a TV segment. And so I went to LA and I think it was like 2018, I think the the winter of 2018. And I took a meeting with the management company and I took a meeting with Disney.
1: And
0: when I was at Disney, they were like, It was the head guy there at the time, you know, what what is this idea? Like you seem to have done all this stuff in your career, but like I'm just still not sure what to do with you. And I was like, Well, I can tell you something that's really resonate with people is I started Fearless Fridays and people, a lot of like young people are really loving doing this every week with me. And that idea really just stuck. And then from there, when we were coming up with an idea for the show, they didn't want to like legally they couldn't take Fearless Fridays because I had made Fearless Fridays a thing. So they just came up with Fearless every day and then I got fearless here on my arm when I got the show and then it just stuck with me. And now I I realize that that word to me is a huge part of me because I just love the ability to fall down and get back up. And I think to try new things, you have to be willing to do that.
1: I absolutely adore everything you just said, but yes, learning to get out of your comfort zone and just take it, one new thing at a time and you will find out what you like and what you don't like and you will fall a million different times and along that journey of learning to be fearless were there times where you wanted to send that email make that call hand out that business card and you felt kind of some anxiety like should I do it am I ready to do it uh what do you mean like before sending out an email, before handing out your business card, right? You want to do it, you're ready to do it. I'm going to be fearless. Have you ever stopped it and been like kind of just felt some anxiety or were you always just go for it?
0: I've always kind of had this mentality. And I think the reason that I've always had this kind of go for it mentality is I didn't know anything else. I mean, I assume like maybe at the beginning of my career, probably when I was like 14 or 15. But I think because uh, I was, I, I would say initially, like I probably was told yes, more than no with what I was doing because of the fact that I was so young. And I think most people who said yes to me were just like, I feel bad for you. Like, I don't even know how you have like access to even write this email like at 14. Uh, so I would say I never knew why not to send it because I was always just like obsessed with the yeses. Like I was obsessed when, when I got told I could go to fashion week, I was obsessed when the producer, I remember of Fox, Connecticut replied to me and was like you can come on the show so I just you know even now when I get the rejection uh it it just kind of just like goes onto my like onto my the next thing because I'm like okay like I don't like you know back when I was like 16 17 I remember the amount of times I would go out with guys and I would always get so sad that they wouldn't reply you know or we'd like make out and then I wouldn't hear from them again or I'd get ghosted I mean I never really online dated but um that would happen a lot Now I go out with guys and I literally, if I don't hear from them again and I see them, I'm just like, it's like so weird you didn't reply to me because I don't know where you think like you're better than me, but like you probably should have replied to me because like it's kind of cool, but like I literally just don't care. So I think like you want to try enough things to where you get to a mindset of where you literally don't care that someone didn't reply to your text because number one, you're so busy doing other things. And number two, you know that you're just way too freaking cool to care. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you're just way too, you're way too good to care. So just like move on to the next thing, the next person. And eventually those things will just hit.
1: I love that. I told you before we started that listening to your podcast made me think, okay, I'm going to send this email. I am fearless to an extent. I get to that point where I'm like, maybe I am not good enough to send this email. This may be reaching a little too far. I guess you've never really felt that reaching too far. So what advice do you have to someone who does not know where their limits are? You
0: don't know what you're missing out on by not sending it. And I would ask yourself every time you're thinking, I'm not good enough to send this email or they're not gonna reply, why? Why? And if your answer is, because I don't have the following, then you better get over that real quick because it's not there. And it won't be until you keep writing these emails and you keep getting people interested in you. So I think a lot of people stand behind that. Like, I don't have enough followers because like, I I can ask you right now, like, why, why wouldn't you be good enough to send that email? Is it because of your following or is it because you just don't think you're worthy of it yet?
1: I feel like for me, it was a mix of both. So I somehow ended up with the president of the Miami Dolphins email address. And I was like, you know, it would be cool. Mental Health Month is coming up. We have this incredible encouragement card program. What if we got the players to make a card, and showcase that they're making it, even bringing it to a facility? The players do need that kind of exposure. They need the media. Um, It's Mental Health Month, so it gives them that added incentive. But is my nonprofit too small? Are they going to look at my social media and be like, they don't have a following? That's not the right. So there was so much going through my head, and then I drafted it, and I meant to schedule it for the morning, and instead sent it 1130 at night. So we'll see how that goes.
0: I think everything that you're saying makes so much sense. And of course, I've had times where I've thought many of these things too. And and I think ultimately, you just have to think, what if they say yes. So when you are like, I'm too scared, or I'm too small. What if they say yes, like, I guarantee you that they're going to reply to your email regardless. And it may be exactly what you're looking for or it may be a no and if it's a no it may be like you know it's a no because we're already working with a nonprofit. but let me refer you to like the the buccaneers you know what I mean like they they're looking for something like this you know the amount of times that I've had things like that happen and I think also like reminding yourself something that like I have started doing a lot a lot more recently is like when I get in those mindsets I just remind myself and I like close my eyes and I'm like this is where you're meant to be. Like, I genuinely, I'm not into like woo-woo, like a lot of like spiritual, whatever whatever people want to call it. But I do know one thing and it's that timing is everything. So if it's a no, it's because it's just not the right time. Go find someone else and someone else will say yes to you. And like, maybe it won't be the Dolphins. I don't think that's a stretch. I think it's super dope you did that. But like, maybe I would start potentially with like a smaller sports team, have a case study for that and then go to the Dolphins. But like, you can email, email both of them. The one thing that I will say is like, always being a little bit careful when you send a lot of emails out to similar people you know if you're going to email a producer to get on tv don't email every producer at the today show pick one producer create a reputation with them and stay in touch with them because a lot of times i remember like when i was starting i would email like five different people at the same schools and then sometimes someone would be like how much were you paid and i'd be like "A 100 and then the next time i'd be like two and then we like we just talked to so and so and said two. so you just want to be meticulous and like thorough when you're doing it but email as many people and companies as you can
1: that is amazing advice you, this is why I love listening to your podcast and listening to you so when you've sent the emails and you've gotten a no mental health wise did it cause any feelings of anxiety did it trigger any moments of depressive symptoms Or is it something that we've really just been able to bounce off of you? It depends. I think it depends on how much I've worked for something.
0: I mean, I think that at this point, I have my toes dipped in so many different things to where I just don't have the time to care with the rejection. I mean, I can tell you the other day, I pitched a show to Viacom. And I woke up, I always lately, I'm under like a little bit of stress right now because of this conference that I'm planning. I've been waking up. I go to bed at like eight or nine such a grandma on the weekdays for the most part and I've been consistently waking up at like midnight and I woke up yesterday in the middle of the night to an email that was like rejection from Viacom we looked over everything and you're great I don't know if it was included I didn't it was like the middle of the night so I can't even remember if they included in there like your social is not big enough or whatever but I mean it just said like we think our story is great but just not a fit like we're excited to see like where it goes and I remember like in the middle of the night last night this whatever it's midnight yesterday today I was like a little bit disappointed, and then I fell back to sleep, and then I woke back up and was like, "Ah, it kind of sucks, but okay, whatever." On to the next. And I think to be able to like get so used to the rejection is because you've got things in the fire. That's the term that I use, where it's the yeses are coming in. So that might be getting tons of different guests who are big people on your podcast. So every week you've got a guest you're excited to interview who said yes. So when you're emailing the dolphins and you're getting that no remind yourself okay but like alexa said yes or justin bieber said yes like i'm gonna focus on that and then i'm gonna send 10 more emails out like every 10 emails you send to people who you know for the most part are gonna say yes send out 10 more to the people who are like the dolphins or the disneys um and try and keep as much of an even balance as you can between the people that are like a little bit easy to either interview or talk to and then the people who are probably maybe gonna say no right now you don't know uh, but always keep that conversation going like i always have a file of the nose and the people who say no and therefore I can always go back to them with a new idea like you got them to reply nothing else matters like if the dolphins reply to you and they say not interested you got someone looked at your email probably looked you up you're good like chill go back to them in four months five months with something else because they looked you up and that is amazing like that is success in itself
1: I absolutely love that. I love your never give up philosophy, where I think that so many people, especially young people, expect that they're going to do something, someone's going to say yes, and it's all going to work out. And then someone says no to them for the first time. Because we are raised in a world where we are kind of coddled in today's world. Our parents do try to shelter us as much as they can, because they love us. So we're not used to the no and the rejection. And then when it happens, it feels life shattering. Yeah. So what is the best piece of advice you can give to someone to learn how to become okay with rejection? I think you really
0: have to work so hard to be okay with yourself. And I think a lot of young women look for value in guys, dating apps, whoever they're dating, you know, to say yes to them or want to go out with them. I mean, I personally have struggled that I'm vouching for like my friends who I know have placed a lot of value on that. And therefore, if it doesn't go well, they get frustrated. And it is all the opposite. Like, you have to keep finding out things about yourself and writing those emails and trying new things so that you are so confident, like, like I said, at the place where I am today, because I tried so many things over the course of time to where that rejection like excites you. You know, if like, was I thrilled when Viacom said no, I was kind of expecting when I emailed them that they were gonna say no, like there's something where, like there's a possibility. This one I was like, ah, this is probably a no. Uh, but the fact that they replied, like someone at that company took the time to look me up. And also I think the issue with young people and because of the obsession with social media is everything is taken so personally. I mean, it's always so, and it's not personal, like it's business. And so when someone rejects you, it's literally because it's not that they don't care. It's because it's not in their budget. It's the wrong time, or they're focusing on a hundred other things. And you're just not important. You are important, but you're not important to them right now. You know, there's a thousand million other people who you'll be important to, but it's, it's mostly timing. So think like we need to get a little bit like stronger and stop focusing so much on social media, give us so much happiness from the likes and stuff so that you really can be like, okay, like I'm moving
1: on. Exactly. And not tying your worth to someone else's timing, really timing, like you said. And also knowing that it's really not going to happen overnight going back because with the invention of Amazon, we get things delivered the same day now. Mm -hmm. And It's not going to be like that all the time. You're not always going to get what you want right away. They may never answer your email. They may answer your email four weeks later, months later, that same day. It's never going to be guaranteed. But I think that we need to learn to not kind of give up right away. So before we wrap up, what is the best piece of advice you can give to? Actually, you would give to your 12-year-old self.
0: Oh my gosh, bro. I have so many, Fran, I have so many pieces of this. My 12-year-old self, uh, honestly, I would say, like, personal-wise, like, stop caring so much what people think about you. Like, it really doesn't matter what people think about you. Um, And I would say I probably cared what people thought about me way into my 2021, even 2020, like, not the year, like, up until being 22, I cared too heavily on what people thought about me. And then business-wise, like, I would say between like 12 and 14, I would say, uh, I have, I remember back then, I mean, even now, sometimes like I've always really lacked patience. And I think the issue with lacking patience is like, because I operate sometimes on like constantly spinning on that hamster wheel. I have never in my whole course of my life ever really celebrated any of my accomplishments. And I can tell you that is a huge problem. And that will probably lead me to many issues in the future. Uh, And so my mindset is like, when something really cool happens, or like, when I get a show or whatever, I don't like I'm just like, on to the next. So there's 50% of that is great, because otherwise, like you settle and no one wants to settle. But the other side of that is I struggle with thinking I'm good enough for myself, because it's that one thing didn't lead to the next thing. Like, I still have to keep working. Like I got that show. But then a week later, it's like, all right, the hype's down. Like, and I, I don't just sit in that like excitement. Uh, so I would say I would tell myself that now, and I would tell myself that then is like reward yourself for the replies and the yeses you get, because otherwise you get so caught up in constantly being on this hamster wheel, and then you sometimes forget like why did I start this?
1: I absolutely love that, Alexa. You've been incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today for your podcast and everything i've learned from you just thank you oh my
0: thank you you're such a good interviewer i'm like so inspired and impressed by you and this was such a great chat so i'm so honored that you had me